two laws. Well, where do we start? Let's turn to our Bibles, open our Bibles to Romans 10. Let's just ask the Lord's blessing on this time. Father, your word to be open to us. Holy Spirit, you speak to our hearts. You be honored and glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. In Romans 10, we began, I think we covered this a little bit last week, but it's Romans 10.4. And I like that. It's 10.4. It means it's over. I don't know if that's, you know, in there. It's 10-4. And that's really what that scripture is talking about. Jesus Christ, 10-4. It's over. It's finished. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Well, that's the work. The work of God is to believe on Him. It's always a hard thing. It's always a hard thing. You know, today seemed like, it seemed like there was a lot of stuff going on. Kids kind of were out of it probably because the adults are kind of out of it, and that usually trickles down. But I was noticing, you know, again, we're trying to get the children to sing as they're kind of walking around, and uh, it's easy to fall under the law. See, it's, it's much easier not to believe than it is to believe, because the work of God is to believe. It takes faith to believe that Jesus Christ is actually working in our lives. It really takes faith to believe that Jesus Christ is forgiving our sins and that He's alive in our midst today. But as we were, as we were doing, I, you know, I, I pulled some of the kids aside and I, come on, let's sing. You know, it's amazing they know they can actually sing for about the first five rows of the chairs in front. And then they, they stop singing. And they come around and they start flip singing again. And it's easy to come under the law. But that's not a bad thing. See, sometimes we think that's a bad thing. But that's why I prayed for him today. I pray that each of us can come to a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because God doesn't want us lip-singing for the first five rows. You know, but if we never come to Him, we might just do that. But I read something this morning, and it kind of like, you know, some things kind of just hit you. And it says, if we come to the light, how abominable we are. But woe unto us if we don't come to the light. They say, Selah. And sometimes we, we don't want to come to the light that our sins would be reproved. Isn't that what the Gospel of John says? We don't want to come to the light because look how abominable we'd be. We'd be caught being sinners. So we need a revelation. We need to have Christ being the beginning and the end. The Alpha and the Omega. The end of the law for righteousness for those that believe. So many times there's going to come things into our life that are bringing us to Christ. What leads us to Christ according to the Scripture? Anybody want to take a guess? Sin. But where does the power of sin come from? The law. Doesn't the Bible say that the law was a schoolmaster to... See, we all knew that. But See, I told you there's a lot going on today. There's a lot of distractions going on. And it wouldn't be able to put a finger on it what it is, but it might be, you know, just the devil, hot weather, lots of stuff. But the law brings us to Christ. So many times our deeds actually need to be exposed under the law so we can actually come to the light 
and become the righteousness of God. So in order to become the righteousness of God and have our sins be forgiven, the light has to come and expose our deeds. We would have to become abominable. But then God makes the, the transfer. But it's the righteous people. And he, you know, the righteous people that have a hard time believing. It's the righteous that would be a, have a hard time receiving what God has to do. And we're all, we all have you know, a bit of self-righteousness in us. But this week I had some, you know, some stuff go on. And I don't like to, you know, I'm trying to weigh out experience with the Word of God. I think when we're younger, we live for experiences. You know, it's kind of like, wow, I need to have this happening, need to have this happening, need to have this happening. And I, I don't think there's maybe anything wrong with that. But many times we've equ- equ- equated God moving with experiences. So when experiences aren't happening, when I'm not excited, when... Um, things seem not to be... I'm not having new experiences. I may think that the Lord isn't moving. But that wouldn't be true. And we, have, that's, we need to come to a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So the end, of all, the end of the law, the end of all things, is Jesus Christ for those that believe. So our work now is to believe. So I, I was getting to share with somebody. I had someone stuccoing my house. And... Uh, got to talk with him and I was talking with him and talking with him. And the more he kept kind of just wanting to talk to me. And, um, you know, I got to share with him a little bit, you know, because I was, I was kind of having a hard time at one point. My, my, my paint, my paint uh, gun broke. And I, got, got, get, I get really upset with things like that. Um, you know, it's, it's a stupid thing. It shouldn't have broke. I had one room left. I'm covered with paint. I can't see out of my glasses to fix it. Um, you know, so, so I get upset with things like that. I usually run around with my chicken with my head cut off. And finally we got it figured out, and of course the whole thing was stupid anyway. And so I get that thing rigging, you know, and then the guy doing my stucco, you know, we start talking. I said, yeah, you know, just really, you know, I have, you know, he didn't, I don't think he saw me get, you know, all upset and everything, but I just, you know, I confessed to him anyway. I said, you know, I just have, you know, just, he says, how's it going? I said, well, it's going pretty good. I said, my stupid gun, you know, my, my, my air, my paint gun broke. And I said, that really bothers me. And then I kind of related to him and I said, you know, that stuff really bothers me. And he knows, he knows about gospel. He's, he's, he's raised in this town and he knows all about us and stuff like that. And still liked us. Um, (laughs) But, you know, people like, it's easier to like you when you're paying somebody. Yeah. But generally, I think, you know, there's something there. So I said, you know, th- these are the things I have a hard time with is, is, the, is the spray gun working. I said, you know, when I was surrounded with, by Turkish soldiers with machine guns and this happening and that happening, you know, I kind of took it okay. And then I just started to share with him. You know, I was just sharing because he kind of was like interested. And the more I share with him, I realized most people, I mean, I, to, to to quote a movie, what a wonderful life. I began to think, you know, I told about how we went to, uh, um, where was that, uh, uh, in Iran, where the Jami was, the big Jami. Meshet, Meshet. And my wife wanted to go into this, you know, the, the big, uh, the mosque and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm sharing with him how I went in and my wife, and he's just kind of like, and the more I'm talking, I'm going, this is really a weird, you know, I'm telling him all about this stuff. And the amazing, this is, this, is just, this is all beside the point. I'm just getting warmed up. But it's an interesting thing as I'm sharing, you're kind of like, okay, that's great. But then they, many people have made this comment, and I told, my, told Christy this too. They always say to me, 
yes, but how did your wife like it? Like, I'm supposed to be okay with this, but she's not. Yeah. And so I, we're going on and on. And so I'm going on, I'm going, well, this is, you know, most people, you know, don't have these experiences. And then, you know, we finally said, well, then, is your wife from New York too? And I said, no, she's from Alaska. And he goes, wow, well, how did you get there? And, I, you know, I said, well, you know, I used to, I used to, you know, I was a bum. And I, I, I hop freight trains and stuff like that. You have to start sharing at the beginning of my testimony with him. And then I realized I had to really share my testimony with him. And so I shared, my, my, I shared the gospel with him and how I got saved and stuff like that. He was just really listening on every, on every word. But be, my, see, the rest of our life would be nothing without the gospel. It would just be another, you know, hairy story or boring story or, you know, whatever it is, waiting to refer time and to die or, boy, I had a, you know, I'm a millionaire. But the, the, the kicker is, the spice is Jesus Christ. Because it just doesn't make any sense. See, and this is one of the great problems. See, the end of the, the law is Christ. There is no explanation. See, the law brings explanation, brings reasoning, brings condemnation, brings all this stuff. And God wants to bring us out of that, that we come before Him when you're totally abominable in the light. What else could you say except the man that was there in the temple, Lord, please forgive me. Now, if, if we still have some righteousness left, with, God, with the Holy Spirit is working that out and the Gospel is trying to bring that up to bring it to light, we might say, well, thank God I'm not like that person. I, you know, I do these things. Paul was a great man. The things that Paul had to give up in order to come into the kingdom might not have been some of the things you had to give up. Actually, what he had to give up was all his righteousness. He had to give up being a tr of the tribe of Benjamin. He had to give up touching the law of blameless. All the things that he starts listing off is kind of some of the stuff we might be shooting for. Right. And he's saying, don't do it. The only thing that I want to do is know Jesus. Yeah. The end and the beginning of all things is Christ. John says, without Him was nothing made that was made. He is the Alpha and the Omega. The reason we're here is Jesus. And that just doesn't make any sense. So here as I'm ch talking with this man, I realize I'm going to come to the place to kind of say this ridiculous story. Yeah. And it's kind of like I got a little... Well, I don't want to say that. And without that, nothing else would be possible. So, I want to, so the reason that we're here is Jesus Christ. We're here to glorify God. We're here to come into the light, not to be made better, but actually to confess the need for Him every day. Every day. And have a continual repentance that continues to bring us into the light that, we can, that our wicked deeds can be once again exposed and we can say, Lord, have mercy on me. Now, I think with that, I think Peter talks about it, James talks about it, the faith that we have should produce good works. And I think as, as a church and as a people, we should be people that really do a lot of good works. But based on why? Well, he's really a good person. They're nice people. We care for people. No! Jesus. We want to tell you about Jesus. Because it would be easy to get into good works. I mean, there's a lot of groups that, I mean, organize not saved, that just do good works thinking, wow, that's a good thing. It's all garbage unless it's motivated by faith. So the only reason we would have a good testimony is let me tell you about Jesus. 
I want to tell you about the gospel. And so I began to think about this, that the world and our everything that goes on in our life in this world system, because the world system, the cosmos, the mentality of this world is anti-Christ. John says back then, the spirit of anti-Christ is already in the world. It's getting worse and worse. And that was written some 2,000 years ago. How much more has it gotten? And so the entire spirit of this world, the entire antichrist, the reason it says antichrist means what? He's against Christ. That's why the Bible says all that's in the world, the, love of the, the lust of the eye, the, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, everything that's in the world, he actually goes so far as to say if you love the world, you're an enemy of God. Wow, I have to, now we've been talking about put a knife to your throat. It's a conscious, continual work because everything is actually anti-God. My feelings are anti-God. When I don't feel well, happy, uh, drunk, whatever you might want to say, what do I feel like? God's not with me. So we have a traitor in our midst. And so, but the Word of God is meant to strengthen us. We have to put the Word of God in so that our experiences are not dictating us to what God is doing, but through in our experiences we can ha- bring the Word of God in and say, oh yes, this is what this means. Oh yes, this is what this means. Oh yes, see, that's what Peter does on the day of Pentecost. They said, man, what are you guys doing? You're all nuts, you're all drunk. He says, no, 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 no. This is what the experience means. But many times we ex- take the experience to explain life. It should be, okay, what does this mean? Well, the Word of God says it. Now, if not, the Word of God cannot direct our steps. Our experiences do, and pretty soon the Word of God becomes... Well, Paul talks. Let's turn to Romans chapter 1. Like I said, the whole world, the whole world system is coming against Christ. And many times, because... We, right, we wrongly divide the Word of God. Remember we talked about rightly dividing the Word, having our senses exercised to know the good and evil. But because we don't rightly divide the Word and we start living by feelings and experience and stuff that we want, the, the spirit of this world actually gets an advantage over us and we start thinking like the world. And therefore, our life is no longer a bright shining light We've taken our light and hid it under a bushel. Now, see, we all have a bushel, this earthen vessel. But it should be that, just like a lantern. A lantern's a vessel, but the light shines out of it. Or it can just be a bucket and not shine out. So again, as I had this experience, I said, wow, you know what? You know what I think? I think we need to share Jesus. I think we need to proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the pressure of this world is trying to say... No, don't do that. See, you're not good enough. You're not doing enough. See, Jesus had 12 disciples with him. And one was a devil. Jesus already... He was actually seen to be a thief from the guy holding... You know, he was doing the church books and was robbing. Don's not here, so I can say that. (laughs) I know Don doesn't do that. That's why I can joke about it. And it would be very easy to, again, let experiences or thoughts rule my gospel. But Jesus 
understood that in, in it, God was the end of all things. It wouldn't matter what you see or feel because the kingdom of God doesn't come by explanation, doesn't come by what's seen, doesn't come by observation, doesn't come by figuring it out. It comes by the call of God in you being awakened and we respond to something that's so ridiculous. Jesus died for your sins? Wait a minute, I can't, I can't explain that. And then if, if we if we got to continually come back to Christ, continually come back that we're sinners and that God's Word is true, then I have to continually come to a place of repentance and, you know, we sing that song, Jesus, we enthrone you. Well, I need to continually put Him on the throne because if not, I'm always climbing up there. I'm always figuring some stuff out. That's the sin. That's the sin right here that I want to be like God. And if you haven't had that revelation yet, and sometimes we, we, you know, we're ashamed to have revelations of how bad we are. Remember Jim used to preach, I was reading out of Romans here as I was preparing for this. Jim used to preach out of Romans and they have mother haters and father killers and rapists and this, that, and the other thing. He said, and then the Holy Spirit showed me, that's me. Whoa. Well, you know, thank God He keeps most of us from a lot of that stuff. But that's, that's the state of man without the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the state of your flesh right now. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit keeping us, that would be it. So I've got to continually be washing, being washed with the water of the Word and having my mind renewed to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But the pressure of this world is to make us ashamed of something you couldn't explain. Something that actually the facts are telling you doesn't happen. Well, let me just... We're, we're, this is a famous scripture, so we'll hold that one. But let's turn to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 34. For ye had compassion on me in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have a, in heaven a better and enduring substance. There's a hope that we have. See, the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. And hope makes not... No? What's the word? What? I heard it. Yeah, hope makes not ashamed. The entire warfare in this world is a war of wearing us out that we start to lose hope. But the Bible says if you, if you don't have hope, you can't have faith. And if, and, if, if, and if these things are supposed to be working in us, that hope makes not ashamed. And many times we're not, again, proclaiming the gospel, lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ because we've been made ashamed. Because maybe we've been disappointed. Anybody here been disappointed? I know in my flesh I've claimed that Scripture. Hold on, it's coming. It's in the Old Testament, so it takes a while to get here. Thank you. Dum -dum. Thank you. Um, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I, I, I've, I've prayed that to the, I've complained that to the Lord. And one day, how do you expect me to be happy? You always break my hopes. Every time I hope for everything, it just. Well, he had another purpose in mind. Joseph seemed to have. Like, I remember a few weeks back, I said. The Holy Spirit, and I know this is going to, this is going to see, but again, if we don't start, like I said, there's certain things. If we don't start embracing the mind of God, there's another mind that's going to take over. 
And remember, His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. We are all unclean. He is holy. So, He is totally opposite of everything that we are. In our best. But yeah, but what if I really try to really, really be good? Well, Jeremiah has a statement for you. Your righteousness on your best day is as filthy rags. But see, we might not have we might not have come to Christ, who's the end of the law. We might still be at you know commandment number nine or something, and we're thinking, okay, well, one more shot. No, we have to come and be totally abominable and let Christ be all in all. That way, it's the end of explanation. It's the end of the law. It's the end of everything. It would just be faith that says. Amen. And so even through my experiences that might take me up and down, the Word of God is staying steady and He's speaking to me along the way. So we have... We need to not... You know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Well, the Holy Spirit here is to crush all your dreams and hopes. Joseph had some hopes. David had some hopes. Paul had some hopes. You know, maybe he was trying to be the, the head priest. You know, he had all the credentials. And at some point, either we, either those things were going to be like Lot's wife looking back going, man, my life sure is the pits. But or we could start rehearsing it going, wow, I did all that? That really happened? Sometimes I go, wow, that really happened to me? Wow, that's amazing. Well, why did this happen? Well, yeah, I got caught shoplifting. People started to tell me about Jesus. I didn't want to hear him. I told him to shut up. He said, I just prayed the prayer just to shut them up. This is what I'm telling this man. You know, he's a stucco man. You know, I'm going, he can't talk. He's listening like on every word. He must be really sad. And I said, yeah, I got saved. I didn't want to say that. I mean, that's kind of weird. I got saved. I said, but my mind didn't, I, you know, I, I said I ran away, I got chased by me. Yeah, but I said, you know, got saved. God changed my life. He goes, wow, that's really neat. And then he knows some of the people here in the church had good things to say. Like I said, I might have been paying him, so. No, I think generally he was, you know, having a good time. But it's a good thing to share the gospel. It's a good thing to share our faith. Because if not, I would only be sharing unbelief. See, I might actually want to murmur and complain about the bitter waters that the Holy Spirit led me to. Have you ever been led and you thought it was going to work out something different? Yeah. I mean, people thought you'd be here for 30 years. I mean, who could have thought? Well, the Lord has a great plan. I don't know what it is. Good. He's not going to tell you either. He's got a plan. He's God. Our work is to believe on Him who He has sent. Our work is to produce good works through faith in Jesus Christ. Our work is to not lose our hope. Oh, what were you, what were you hoping for when you got saved? There was something that welled up and said, you know... This world stinks. You know, we know it stinks. We know Egypt's a bad place, but boy, their garlic was really good. You know, their onions. We just don't have onions like that here. I mean, you think, oh no, that's ridiculous. What do you complain about? Our church is too small? There's not enough people? How am I going to get married? How am I going to straighten out my wife? How am I going to? How am I going to? Well, wait a minute. I thought... Jehovah Jireh. I thought the Bible says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto me. 
Did you hear it? Wait, did you hear it? Yeah, but. Yeah, but you just don't... Un- well, I know, maybe you were shooting at some wrong things. Maybe you had some dreams that God never intended for you to have. Satan started with a dream. I have a dream, he said. I want to be like the Most High. Bad dream. There's some dreams you shouldn't dream. But you should dream. The impossible dream. Come on, Larry. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Cut. <laughs> yeah. There's some dreams that just... They're, they're, uh, they're nightmares. They're, they're things of the human spirit. Babel. What was it? Uh, who was that guy? Nimrod. Nimrod had a dream. He was going to make a name for himself. God said, wrong dream. Wrong dream. How many people... This is a good one. How many people... You're actually going to get reduced to the lowest common denominator. How many people have always had... And then you just come to the final... You think you're at the end of yourself. You're you're just way too depraved. You've got so many more layers you go through. How many people are... And the only reason I'm saying this is I've been there. And you think God's going to care. How many people thought God's going to care if you whine enough? Anybody like that? Okay. I just want to be happy. Is anybody like that? Can I see a show of hands? Yeah. I don't want the million dollars anymore. I don't want anything. I just wish I could be happy. And you think if you're humble enough, then God say, okay. Because he's not really, that's not what he's shooting for. He's not shooting for your dreams. He's shooting, he's God is God and there's a warfare going on and we have been called in the service. A soldier is not necessarily there to be happy. I think you can find some happiness learning. I know. Bad analogy, but that's what goes on in war. So you can, these people were finding some joy in what? For you had compassion on me when I was in jail, and you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. What, what do you mean? That's not what... Well, Paul talks about, I'm going to glory, I don't want to glory in all these other things. I want to glory in the man who's been caught up to the third heaven. I don't want to glory in all these things. I want to, I'd rather glory in my weakness and my sufferings. Jesus was a man acquainted with grief and suffering. But he had a joy set before him. In this world, we're going to, we're called to do warfare. Put on the helmet of God, learn to take a beating and keep on ticking. Yeah, they took joyfully the spoiling of their goods. Knowing something. They still had a hope. They were knowing something that we are pilgrims and strangers in this world. We're passing through. James says your life is like a vapor. It's here for a minute. But what we do in this life according to the grace of God is what's important. And we're here to glorify God. We're not here to see how how long the steam can stay on the mirror after the shower. That's not a sign of any... Wow, how's your life going? Wow, I got you know I got a lot of steam on the mirror. It's a vapor. It's all going to be done away with. But those things that we do in faith, that Christ does in us, they ab- abide forever. So we, they took joyfully the spoiling of their goods, knowing that they have a better and enduring substance. What do you know? See, sometimes our faith gets tried, doesn't it? We thought we knew some things until. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I had some misplaced desires. Maybe I wasn't seeing the Lord. And so, 
God's working in us that Christ would be formed in us and that He would be all in all. And the Word of God becomes yea and in Him, amen. And there, there can be no explanation. People don't get saved by explanation. We don't get filled with the Holy Spirit by explanation. We don't get convinced by... I guess you could get convinced by things by explanation, but then it's not going to hold you. The Word of God is a revelation. The Word of God, the, the, the Gospel, is the Spirit of God coming to us. It's not explainable. And you can, you know, try the best you can, but there's no one who can explain how the blood of Jesus Christ washes your sins away. There's no one who can explain how Jesus lives in me, even though I'm a sinner. There's no one who can explain that Jesus Christ is right here in the midst of our church. And that's why, if we don't grab a hold of Jesus and everything, we might look out. See, because Jesus makes this... Oh, we're going to get... Oh, I've got to read Scripture. Okay. Back off. We're going to finish this. So cast not away your confidence which has great recompense of reward. Sometimes it's easy to cast off our confidence. And I looked up that word... Is that what it says, confidence? Yeah. I looked up the word confidence. It means outspoken, frankness, bluntness, being bold. And sometimes we cast that off because it's easy to become embarrassed or ashamed or unbelieving of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it didn't happen the way you thought it was going to happen. See, when, when on the road to Emmaus, these people who should not have been casting off their confidence, who should have been having hope, they became a little ashamed. When Jesus comes up to them and says, what's going on? They kind of went through the facts, but there wasn't any salvation in it. It was from a place of, well, you know, everything in my life is gone, you know, the church and this, that, and the other thing in here. They cast off their confidence. Their speech had changed. Their mindset had changed. And like I said, the whole world and the whole experience is God is trying us or allowing us to be tried to be proven faithful, to be proven worthy, to be proven to the glory of God. The devil wants to prove you to failure. God wants us to come through that proving, coming closer to Him. So if we're, if we're not... If we're casting off our confidence or our speech, which is bold in Christ, something else usually fills it up. I usually find it's murmuring and complaining, unthankfulness, reasoning. Why? Can't? And pretty soon I'm down the road, knowing Egypt is bad, but let's just go back there for a few pounds of garlic. Maybe some onions would be nice. You know, boy, we sure, you know, building those pyramids sure wasn't as bad as I thought it was. They've got a lot of nice stuff. Moses is looking at the stuff. Egypt, sin, and this world are covered with a lot of neat stuff. The tree looks really good. Well, we're, not, we're called by the revelation of Jesus Christ, and that revelation, that word, needs to change our mindset. And in the practicing of the word, Jim used to talk about that, and the Bible talks about that, that's probably why Jim talked about is doing the word. Wow. Well, you know, there's some things that you can actually, like, practice. They're kind of almost like principle B. And there's other things that really take faith. Take faith. So in Romans chapter 1, let's turn back there now. It's a common problem, I believe. Um... Let's start in verse 14. 
I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. So, as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Wherein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So Paul is making this statement. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why do you think he has to have that confidence to speak that? Oh yeah, you might want to be ashamed. You might be standing before this great palace in Rome. Well, no, it wasn't in Rome. It was in Jerusalem at that time. Yeah, that's where it was, in Jerusalem. And you've got the, all the soldiers and marble sliths and statues, and, and you're sitting there, pretty much dragged out, saved by the skin of your teeth. You've been beat up before. And you start to share this story about getting saved. might be a little intimidating. Because what do they say? Oh, you're crazy. Now, he could have made some compromise. He could have let his confidence slip. He could have made the gospel seeker-friendly. Well, that would be good, except the Bible lets me know there's none that seek God. So if you're making it seeker-friendly, I don't know who you're, who you're hunting for. What we should do is make, just speak the Word of God and let God bring in those who He wants to bring in. That's what, you know, that's, that's how we get saved. The Word of God cuts through all the darkness, cuts through all the jive, cuts through all our mindset, and somehow we respond as a faith that God gives us, Lord, save me. And then from that minute on, that devil and the world starts pounding on you to lose your confidence, that confidence, that, that boldness, that frankness that says, Lord, save me, I believe. And then... Many times, I think, through the hammering of things. See, Gideon ended up being ashamed. He wasn't out preaching the gospel or doing the work of God or keeping the law. What was he doing? Just eat, well, I got my little thing here going. You know, I'm kind of have my life. And when we lose that confidence in God, when our hope loses, and everything then becomes centered on what we used to call a survival vision. And so here you have Gideon just, I've got this wheat, and God says, you mighty man of God, get up and start, mighty man of God, if you were really God. Have you ever said that if God was really moving here? Anybody ever said that? How many people have now evaluated the Word of God, not on its own merit of being the Word of God? We evaluate the Word of God based on my own experience. And I'm saying, oh, then this makes this untrue. No, this then needs to verify this or reject that experience. See, so Gideon says, well, man, if, and he's having this conversation. Maybe you've had this conversation with the Lord, too, just like Gideon. He's actually having a conversation with the Lord and going, oh, yeah? If you were really God and you were really moving, then why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Well, God still has a plan, and he's got a purpose. And no man, by few or by many, can stop that purpose. But it's up to us not to cast off our confidence, our boldness, our frankness, our boldness of speech about the gospel. And that's why Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why did he have to say that? Because I think there's people that were ashamed. They're afraid of maybe getting thrown in jail. They, they, he, they lost all things. Well, we know what happened to him before, and Paul's basically going to jail. He says, well, I, I don't care if I'm going to jail. I'm going there to preach the gospel. I'm not ashamed. Jail will not make me ashamed. The brethren in Rome won't make me ashamed. And sometimes we're ashamed to actually share the gospel because of the people hanging around you. 
I don't want to invite anybody to this church. What if they see everybody? Well, Jesus didn't seem to have that problem. He had a greater confidence in his Father than what those 12 could portray. And the Pharisees were always there wanting to point out, well, we caught them again. They were eating with unwashed hands. They were, he was eating with publicans. And they, were, they were, they were, they were, they were. Well, Jesus has something to say about that. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 2. Again, I, I let experience... How many people here would like to build... You have these uh, SimCity... There used to be a computer game. You built your own city. And some, even Age of Empires like that. You can build your own kingdom. Many of us, uh, it's probably good to play that on the computer, get it out of your system. Because even there it brings out bad attitudes. But we like to build our own little kingdoms. How many people here would like to build the kingdom of God? Well, that's the main problem. Because you had a dream, just like the devil. And we're telling God how to build his kingdom. But he's building a kingdom as he sees fit. And you know why? You know why everything is happening in the world? I used to say this somewhat jokingly until I realized, you know, there might be a whole lot more truth to it. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. Have you ever said that? Is it all my fault? Yes. Yes, it really is. Because we like to say all things are for your sake. And we kind of think that means like the gold, the silver, you know, the coupons, all this stuff. All things are for your sake. There's things that God is working out just for you. Yeah. But Jesus had, had the same issues. Hebrews chapter 2. So we're going to let the Word of God interpret our experiences. Let the Word of God interpret my feelings. Feelings, that's why I was thinking about that today. Feelings is kind of like one of the worst things we've got. I mean, I, I don't know exactly why, how all this works out. I, you know, I think when, when man sinned, feelings just went zingo. But I mean, how many people have, you know, wouldn't it be nice to kind of not have any feelings? Could you imagine? Wow. Everything would just be fine. Well, we got some feelings. And so it seemed right to God that we are to war against those feelings. There's some feelings that we, we need to war against. You know, actually, sometimes you have to war against being too happy. Yeah. No, seriously. Some people think, man, if I was just happy. No, sometimes don't. Rein yourself back. Because sometimes when you get out there too far, you're so happy, you bam. David was looking out. Wow, isn't this great? Everything's fine. Everything was happy. The kingdoms were subdued. He wasn't at war. Something caught his eye. The king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, he's feeling good. He get out there and said, "Look at what I have done." Um, well, seven years he's eaten grass like an animal, and I love I love the Bible today, right at this moment. And it says, after seven years, he came to himself. It took him seven years to just be so to stop fighting against God. I think he could have come to himself any time, just like the prodigal son. He came to himself and said, wait a minute, what am I doing? So we're just so stubborn that, man, we just want to go on a long way. But don't worry. I have some good news for you. God is more stubborn than you. You can't out-stubborn God. David found that. I said, if I, if I took the wings of the morning, he'll be there. If I made my bed in hell, where would I possibly go from his presence? I'll show you. I just won't. Well, when you're all done, he's going to be right, right there. Because he, he's care for us. And more than that, it, the purpose of God 
is eternal. But Hebrews chapter 2. So you might, you might have a really bad situation. You might be surrounded by a lot of weird stuff. You might be having some battles in your mind. You might actually think it would be better if you could orchestrate your own life. Get some of these people out of church, bring some new people in, do this, do that. Well, Jesus had similar, similar deals. But we see Jesus in verse 9, who was made a little lower than the angels. Now, why was he made a little lower than the angels? Let's read the next sentence. For the suffering of death. Wow. There was a purpose in him not coming as an angel. He had to come in the form of a man. He was going to do some suffering. Crowned with glory and honor, that by the grace of God he should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom all thing, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of his salvation perfect through suffering. We talked about the scripture before. Jesus Christ being the Son of God, Jesus Christ being God always with the Father. But for, in order for him to be made perfect or fully equipped to actually become the captain to fulfill his purpose, he would have to go through suffering in the flesh. Even though being the Son of God, in order for him to fulfill his vocation, to fill, fulfill the work, he was going to go through suffering in the flesh. The Bible says, arm yourself with that same mind. Your feelings are going to be torn down. Your dreams are going to be devastated. You're going to think that your whole life is falling apart. And the main thing is going to be, is going to be to don't cast your confidence off. Grow bold like Paul said. I want to preach the gospel. No, 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 I'm not crazy. I want to tell you about Jesus. I'm not ashamed to come to Rome, whether it's in chains. And a lot of people became ashamed of Paul. They maybe had a big church. I don't know. Maybe they had a more eloquent pastor. Maybe they had a more together deal. Maybe they weren't being persecuted. Maybe the guy was a civil servant. I don't know. But many people became, Paul said, I became, they became ashamed of my bonds. They said, oh, Paul, he's in trouble again. Oh, Paul, he came here and rebuked us in the church. Now look at him, he's in jail. Maybe he gets what he's in. I don't know what it was. It could have been easy for him to throw away his confidence and say, I've had it. I'm tired of being kicked in the teeth. I'm tired of nobody understanding. You know, I'm here I am in jail. The only one guy comes and visits me a couple times when he can, it's this guy. And what about all the other guys I've raised? I've had it. I'm ashamed of the gospel. Well, that would be easy. Job didn't say that. He could have become ashamed. Now, he, not that you won't think it. Not that you won't feel it. See, if you don't think it and you don't feel it, it's not a temptation. I just saw the hunchback of Notre Dame again. Great sentence. I, I lived my whole life after that sentence when I was a kid. Oh, that I could be made of stone like you. So I just shut my heart down. I mean, it's a hard thing to get a heart of stunt pumping again. I had feelings. God, help me. You know, it'd be easier just to shut down. But he'd make a stone. He made, he's got a purpose. He's got, he's got a work for you just like he did for Jesus. The captain of their salvation was made perfect through some suffering. Have you been through some suffering? Well, yeah. But it's not worthy to be compared to the glory to come. But we always like to overcompare it. Well, he's, he's making something you don't know about. And it's not our life. He's doing something. Our, uh, our purpose is to keep our eyes on the Lord. 
and he's sharing who he is. For both they, he that sanctifies and they who are sanctified are one. For which cause, this is the sentence, for which cause he's not ashamed to be called their brethren. Wow! If anybody has a right to be ashamed, it would be Jesus. How many people have thrown it up in your face? Well, yeah, look at the church. They've got, you know, now I guess the whole thing with, you know, one of the churches, you know, they, not, not, you know, they, they, they had a sexual abuse. Well, Jesus said, man, I don't know, that. I don't know who those guys are. But Jesus is not ashamed because he's not living his life based on experience. He's not living his life based on what the flesh can do. His life is based on the hope of the Father and what the Father said he would do. So it doesn't matter whether the church ages like this and the church is doing this. He didn't say, oh, they're eating with unwashed hands again. You know, I've had it. Those guys are just, they're just not getting it quite right. Let me tell you about, and slowly he became ashamed. Judas, oh, Thomas, he's always, oh, Peter, I'm not ashamed that he called that brother because I'm, even though he knows what's in the heart of man, he never became cynical because he knew that he did not trust man. His trust was in God. And so he did not become ashamed. That's why on the cross he could say, Father, forgive them. Not when Peter, Paul, the same thing. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Therefore, I share my testimony. I share about Jesus. But see, the whole world then is telling you to just become like a normal person. Now, I... Again, I, I try to like, you know, I, I began to think of it. It says the, bio, the God orders our steps. He brings things, but I think he orders your steps particularly for who you are. And I, the things that come into your life, God has ordered particularly for you to lead us along the path. See, Joseph had an ordered life. Something came in like this. He was sold into slavery. This happened. These were things that were already put into his life beforehand, and God was going to bring these things to pass. And so the things that happened to you, they're God ordered particularly for you. He's making a vessel. And so they're not stoned. That's why Paul said, Peter says, Don't think it's strange the fiery trials that are about to try you. It's a particular work for you. Now, the end result really will be the same in all people. See, no matter where you are, sinner or saint, at the end of all days, there's a, there's a big billboard on the, on the highway as you go down the old bend on the on 17 and near the airport. It says, when you die, you will see God. Great billboard. I like that. Maybe we'll put it up on our sign one day. Um, but yeah, the, the end result of all things is every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, that will be the end. Now, there's a song that, 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 uh, that we used to sing, but, how, you know, but the greatest privilege of all is for us that can say it now. You know, sometimes it just doesn't feel like it. But then again, we're not, we, we, you know, we're not, we don't live our lives by feelings. might be moved up and down a little bit, but we continually come back to the place that we're not ashamed. Jesus said, I'm not ashamed to be called the brethren. See, and if, if, we, if we don't understand that God is particularly organizing my life, see, I, and I, I just bring, I'll just bring in some particulars. And if we don't see these things, I think, again, we, we fail to really understand the hand of God. Now, we probably, I mean, it was too bad that I was an Armenian and had to live in Vaughan. But I, if I was never Armenian, we would never have gone to Vaughn. 
And so many times in our lives, we kind of have those kind of things go on. You know, what if Joseph just never had that dream and wasn't a brash-mouthed little punk? Well, then we would. But see, and sometimes we're wondering, why are these things happening? Actually, you brought them on yourself. And also, God has a plan particularly divinely inspired for your particular situation. You know, we think the only reason that we went to Vaughn is because a million and a half Armenians were massacred. My grandmother had to flee Vaughn. And so I went, we went there. See, all that had to come to play. Now, not every church is going to go to Vaughn. Because they say Van. And, <laughs> and there's things in your life that, wow, why is this happening? It's God working in you. I mean, if you want, it's hereditary. You come from a long line of sinners. And you have a Holy Ghost working in you. And those two things, do you know what it's like? Did you ever make the, you remember the old vinegar and uh, baking soda boats and things like that? That's what it's like. Here we are, we're the baking soda. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes in your life. Everything is, man, what is going on? You start foaming at the mouth. Yeah, that's what's happening. Particularly, God is at work in you. Now, a lot of the things God has to work out of you. There's things that just just like Peter had to work out. The, the early church had to work out, we don't want to hang around with those Gentiles. Those guys make me sick. I don't want to be around them. They see the way they eat, the way they talk, the way they, they, they do everything weird. They don't understand the law. I think even in the, Jew, the, the early Jewish church, I think they kind of had like a religious righteousness down. I mean, they came to church, they probably knew how to act. The Corinthian church, the Jewish church never got rebuked for like getting drunk at church. Now, the Corinthian church had a lot of problems because they were bringing in old ideas. So they don't hang around with those people. God says, I am not ashamed to be called their brethren. Now, when we become ashamed, ultimately we're ashamed of what God is doing. And I couldn't possibly share with you the gospel because my hope has been deferred and I don't know. Well, let Jesus straighten it all out. You might go in prayer and say, Lord, I thought it's the third day and I thought things were going to work out. Got it all under control. He's got it all under control. You might have to change. Not might. You have to change. The outward man has to die daily. The inward man needs to be renewed day by day. So gr- learning not to be ashamed, coming into the understanding that there is a warfare that goes on in our members, and the, our experiences don't dictate to us what life's about. As I go through my experiences, just like Job went through some heavy experiences, but the Word of God and his teaching kept him, he fell down and worshipped. I'm sure Joseph, when he got sold in slavery, this was happening, but something kicked in, and God was with him, and he began to prosper. And then he was sold into the, uh, the prison, and God had him to prosper. And then, and then, and then, and then. God is at work in you, and it's usually for... It's not for the reason you thought of. So, I'm just, you know, trying to share, because, you know, sometimes I think it's easy to become ashamed. And shame brings that silence of not preaching the gospel. Brings that silence of not speaking the word. Brings that silence of wanting just to be normal. And I was talking, I just, I I like to listen to things. And sometimes as I'm listening, I I just hear kind of like, hopefully it's the Lord. Um, and I just do little things. And again, I, I try to like 
I mean, I'm not saying what I do is always right, but sometimes, again, like as God is ordering your steps, He's always at work in you. So I want to teach people... How do I say this without being... I was... I'm not afraid... And I don't, want, I don't want you to take this and use it as a license to ignore what I'm speaking. The whole world is trying to get you to be normal. Remember, I remember, I remember going to school, and it was like, I mean, there's, there's this habit of thing. You know, I, I was raised, I just wore one shirt and one pair of pants for five days. That's what I went to school. We changed them. And I finally realized most of the kids didn't do I got made fun of on that. So it was really a, it was really a battle. And then all the kids were getting the latest shoes and things like that. We just didn't think like that. I remember getting a new pair of shoes. It was kind of like, wow, I wanted, I, wanted, I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be a Jewish-Italian kid in, in, in the neighborhood. It wasn't going to work. And so what I want to say is, you know, I think God wants to make you weird. He doesn't want you to fit into this world. You should be a stranger and a pilgrim. And so as people are sharing, sometimes it's like, I go, you know what? I, I kind of like have, have, have learned to get over that because I was weird. We were strange, and there was no way we were going to fit in. And so, you know, was, uh, there's something that we have to... Pr- the Jewish people are weird people. Have you noticed that? God didn't make them so you couldn't notice them. He didn't kind of like, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to wear, you know, a white shirt and tie, and you're going to look like nobody. I love going to the airport. There's the Hasidic Jew with his family. He's got a hat. He's got the, the whole thing. You stand out. And we are here to stand out as lights in the kingdom, and there's no way you can hide it. So what I would suggest is get a bigger hat, a better beard, a longer coat. Get into the diamond business, will you? There's certain things that you're going to have to learn to embrace. It's part of your heritage. We're Christians. We're meant to be persecuted. We're meant not to be understood. We're meant to have a different economy. Meant to have different customs. We're meant to have different... And God is the vinegar in your baking soda. How come we can't just sell those kind of sayings? Amen? Amen. So be aware of being made ashamed of the testimony that God's given you. And don't throw away your boldness. Come out and speak it. Because those that need to hear it will hear it. And those that are not going to hear it, it doesn't matter what. Just plant the seeds. Plant the seeds. Speak the word. That's how we glorify God. By the exercising of our faith. And let God order your steps particularly for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. We just thank you for your Son being obedient, sacrificing your life for us. In Jesus' name, amen.